chapter the seventh de Militate continued. The first degree of humility, then, is that a man always keep the fear of God before his eyes, avoiding all forgetfulness, and that he be ever mindful of all that God hath commanded, bethinking himself that those who despise God will be consumed in hell for their sins, and that life everlasting is prepared for them that fear him. And keeping himself at all times from sin and vice, whether of the thoughts, the tongue, the hands, the feet, or his own will, let him thus hasten to cut off the desires of the flesh. But thou wilt have mercy upon us. Initium sapientiae timor domini. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is related to the avoidance of what is evil. Hope, on the other hand, is related to the desire for what is good. The most prevalent fear among people is the fear of loss. The loss of one's health. The loss of one's possessions, the loss of one's security, the loss of one's reputation, the loss of one's loved ones. All of these losses, or rather the specter of these losses, produces fear in a man. But the fear of loss must be distinguished from the salutary fear of the Lord. I shall return to this fear of loss in just a moment. In what sense do sacred scripture and the Father speak of the fear of the Lord? It is right to fear the punishment of sin. This is servile fear. Many a soul, make no mistake about it, has been kept from plunging headlong into sin by a servile fear. A servile fear is useful and at times even necessary. Such a fear, nonetheless, belongs to the order of nature, the fear of punishment belongs to the order of nature, but as such it is necessary and useful. The fear of the Lord, however, being a gift of the Holy Ghost, belongs to the order of grace, perfecting nature, so that we have servile fear that belongs to nature, and the fear of the Lord, a gift of the Holy Ghost, which belongs to the order of grace the latter perfecting the former. 
fear of the Lord is, as St. Thomas explains, related to the theological virtue of faith, but also to the cardinal virtue of justice and to the virtue of religion. What is the object of the virtue of religion? We've been studying it for the past three months with Father Thomas. The object of the virtue of religion is the reverence due to God. This is a very strong motif in the writings of Mother McTillot, the reverence due to God, the object of the virtue of religion. Given that the virtue of religion informs all of Benedictine life, one understands why St. Benedict sets the fear of the Lord at the very beginning of the Twelve Degrees of Humility. Fear of the Lord, then, must be related directly to the virtue of religion, which informs all of Benedictine life. It is right to fear offending God, as a loving child fears to offend his father. This is filial fear. It is right to fear anything that risks coming between the soul and God, as a chaste bride fears anything that might taint her intimacy with her spouse. This is chaste fear. These two forms of fear, or if you want to call them filial fear and spousal fear, are not forfeited by a soul's growth in charity. That is in divine love. Rather, they are perfected by charity, because both filial fear and spousal fear or chaste fear tend to union with God. And we have known and have believed the charity which God hath to us. God is charity, and he that abideth in charity abideth in God, and God in him. One recognizes the fear of God that is the beginning of wisdom by the yearning for union with God that accompanies it. This is how one can distinguish the fear of God from other fears. Fear of God is always accompanied by a yearning for union with God. If in your fear of God you don't have this yearning for union, there's, there's something lacking uh, in your fear of God. The fear of God is always accompanied by a longing for union. The soul that fears God wisely never stop saying, O God, thou art my God, how eager my quest for thee, body of thirst and soul longing for thee, like some parched wilderness where stream is none. So in the holy place I contemplate thee, ready for the revelation of thy greatness, thy glory, to win thy favor is dearer to me than life itself. My songs of praise can no more be withheld.
To win thy favor is dearer to me than life itself. My songs of praise can no more be without. The soul that fears God unwisely, so we're contrasting the wise fear of God that is accompanied by longing for union, we, we contrast this wise fear of God with the unwise fear of God. What is the unwise fear of God? The soul that fears God unwisely seeks to escape from his presence in a futile attempt to hide from his gaze. And when they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in paradise in the afternoon air, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the face of the Lord God amidst the trees of paradise. There you have it, an unwise fear. And the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in paradise, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. This sort of unwise fear, common to all the descendants of Adam, is vanquished by the love of God revealed in Christ and poured into our hearts by the Holy Ghost, according to the word of the Apostle. The charity of God is poured forth in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given to us. Of course, this victory over unwise fear is secured for us when Jesus exposes himself to his Father naked upon the tree. Because in Genesis 3, Adam says, I heard thy voice in paradise and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Jesus, on the other hand, exposes himself naked to the gaze of the Father on the tree of the cross. In Genesis, the trees of the garden, the trees of paradise, formed a screen behind which Adam and Eve sought to hide themselves from the face of God, from the gaze of God. Jesus, on the other hand, is raised up on the tree of the cross, there to meet the gaze of his Father. And in this is our victory over unwise fear and the passage into the reverential fear concerning which the Apostle says in the letter to the Hebrews that Jesus in his passion was heard. Why? Because of this reverential fear. So all of this comes together. St. John concurs with St. Paul when he says fear is not in charity but perfect charity casteth out fear, because fear hath pain, and he that feareth is not perfected in charity. In the twelfth degree of humility, so today we're on the first degree, but uh, in the twelfth degree, St. Benedict will say, 
Having therefore ascended all these degrees of humility, the monk will presently arrive at that love of God, which being perfect, casteth out fear, whereby he shall begin to keep without labor, and, as it were naturally and by custom, all those precepts which he had hitherto observed through fear, no longer through dread of hell, but for the love of Christ. Here the allusion to spousal fear, filial fear, spousal fear is, is, is clear. For the love of Christ, and of a good habit, and a delight in virtue, which God will vouchsafe to manifest by the Holy Spirit in his laborer, now cleansed from vice and sin. The fear then, cast out by the love of God, the fear exorcised by the love of God, made perfect in the monk, is unwise fear. The fear that is cast out is the fear that causes a man to try to hide from the gaze of God uh, amidst the trees of the garden. That's the fear that is cast out. It is the servile fear of suffering or of loss. St. Paul tells us that the love of God in Christ frees us from all such fears. Listen to the Apostle. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? It's, it's as if St. Paul is saying, shall tribulation? I fear not tribulation, or distress, no fear, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or persecution, or the sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are put to death all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things we overcome, because of him that hath loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor might, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. He's naming here all of the things that could be a reason for fear in man. He catalogs all of the reasons that, that would cause a man to be afraid. And he says, none of these things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The fear of the Lord that St. Benedict associates with the first degree of humility is perfected by the love of Christ. It is what Moses experienced on Horeb, the mountain of God. It's very important to link uh, this passage from Exodus 3 to the first degree of humility. And the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he saw that the bush was on fire and was not burned. And Moses said, I will go and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that, he went forward to see. He called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he answered, Here I am. And he said, Come not nigh hither. Put off the shoes from thy feet, for 
place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he durst not look at God. That is the degree. Fear of the first degree of humility. Note that it's associated with this desire to advance towards God. This yearning for God. Moses does go for it. So it's, it's, do you see how the desire for the closeness to God must accompany the fear that causes a man to uh, hide his face. The same holy fear was likewise the experience of Isaiah in the temple. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and elevated, and his train filled the temple. Upon it stood the seraphims, the one had six wings and the other had six wings, with two they covered his face and with two they covered his feet and with two they flew and they cried one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy the Lord God of hosts, all the earth is full of his glory. And the lintels of the doors were moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. This business of the lintels of the door moving in an earthquake, you're counseled to get between the lintels of the door, to stand in the door jamb, because that is reputed to be the most secure place in an earthquake. So did you see what's going on here? Even the lintels of the door, the most secure part of the structure, are shaken. It's a very significant little detail here. And the lintels of the door were moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, because I have held my peace, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people that have unclean lips. And I have seen with my eyes the King, the Lord of hosts. For us monks, the all-pervasive and wise fear of the Lord, a gift of the Holy Ghost, originates in the sacred liturgy. The divine office, in particular, is a school of the fear of the Lord. The sacred liturgy is where the theological virtue of faith and the virtue of religion come into play in the highest degree and so perfect the fear of the Lord. In Benedictine life, there is no opposition between fear of the Lord and a burning desire for union with Christ. Quite the contrary. Benedictine holiness wonderfully synthesizes the virtue of religion with the incandescent charity of filial and spousal union with our Lord.